Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff, really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail so that way you can say, does this apply to me and how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Fitbucks podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome as well. Uh, We have another episode today, uh, another Fitbucks member that... Yeah, and I want to believe I met you, Tim, back in 2017, 2016, sometime around that time period. Um, coming in to share his story. Uh, the whole purpose of all this is for you guys to get ideas, um, know whatever your strategy is, that there's hope to do that, whatever it is, that'll be going for loan forgiveness, paying off your loans, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, before we get into it, as you guys know, um, as always, we have our financial planning technology so out now. So if you guys need help doing any of this, just let us know. Uh, Tim, let's get it going. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, good to talk to you. It's, it has been a while. I was thinking this morning when we met, it was like five years ago. It's 2017. Yeah, I know you had gone to MGH. I can't remember. Did, did we meet when we came out there or... Was it like, hey, we came out, you just heard about us, and then you came on to Fitbox? I couldn't remember off the top of my head. No, I met you guys. At, out, you came out. So I, was, I had just graduated in January of 2017. I was working, doing the thing, trying to figure out how the hell I was going to pay all this off. And then I just got a random email blast that was like, hey, this guy Joe Ranky's coming in. He's talking about student loans and all that. And I was like, well, well it won't be a total waste of time. And it, t- it definitely wasn't. So yeah. that, that kicked it all off. Yeah, that was when we first started. Like it was actually ironic because there was only that was back when we were in California. So there was only a few handful yeah. of schools that we were going to on the West Coast. Um, and the only reason why we were at MGH is because my my wife's parents are in Boston. And so I was going back there for a week and I'm like, well, I mean, she went to BU. And so I was like, well, if we're going to be back there, I might as well reach out to some of the schools and that's when MGH was like, yeah, come on out and be you. And was it Northeastern? Everybody's like, yeah, come on. And so it ended up being a business trip. And every time I go back to Boston, we end up going back. So, <laughs> Hey man, the universe works in crazy ways, you know? So it does. I'm, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. Only bad part is with COVID, we haven't gotten to go back. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So it is what it is now. Tim, we're, I mean, we're obviously going to talk about, you know, what you do with paying off your loans. Um, you know, both from a financial standpoint, what it's done for you from an emotional standpoint in terms of stress and all that type of stuff, what it's done for you. You know, before we really talk about that, really get into your situation, um, your PT, your physical therapist. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, just the process of going into PT school, because we also have a lot of people that are like undergrads or pre-DPT now that are coming on listening to the podcast. You know, how did you decide that that PT route? Like, why was that right for you? you know, what went involved in that decision. And yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. So I ran uh, cross country and track competitively through like high school and college. And I spent a lot of time in PT in, I guess it was my junior year of high school, senior into senior year of high school. Um, I just had a lot of injuries that wouldn't go away and different stuff. So 
Uh, I had known b- before then that I wanted to get into something medical, whether it's becoming a doctor or, or whatever. And I just got my eyes open to the field by being a patient, you know, laying on the table, getting treatment, doing exercises. Um, and it helped a lot. So went to undergrad, um, just did like a general liberal arts undergrad program because I just wanted to, you know, get the college experience, meet some new people, see a different part of the country. I, I'm up in Boston. I went to Virginia. Um, and then, yeah, decided, you know, just set myself up through undergrad with the, make sure I had all the courses done, all the prereqs, um, took a gap year, applied to schools and, and jumped right into it. So it was really a, an interest by being involved, being on the, like the buyer side of things, the client side, uh, just fell in love with it. Yeah. Cross country. That's, that's one I, they tried to convince me to do, but I'm like, I, I run in like 90 foot sprints. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. There, there are a lot of days you finish and you're like, why do I do this? You're falling asleep trying to do your homework. You're like, what am I doing with my life? But yeah, it's all good. It's fun. Yeah. Now it's like my four-year-old wanted me to chase her around the sofa the other day. And I'm like, <laughs> so yeah, that, no running for me. So I, I, I always think you guys are amazing athletes that run across country. Cause it's like, yeah, I, I, I'm not doing that anytime soon. <laughs> so good stuff. Good stuff. Now, when you were going into school, um, you know, did you apply for other schools, other programs, other, other professions? Did you go to any other type of, thinking about other types of things besides PT, like what was kind of your thought process around that? Yeah. So it was just, I only applied to PT schools. Um, and that was just kind of where I thought I knew I could get, you know, it had just, I think changed to a doctorate. So I was like, all right, that's cool. I can get a doctorate. It's three years instead of like the four of medical school and then a bunch of fellowship and residency and all that stuff. Um, so it was a little quicker route to getting to see patients. Um, yeah. And then from there, I just, uh, I picked schools around Boston because um, I had planned to move back to this area after undergrad. And I applied to a couple of public schools, UMass Lowell um, uh, and a couple others I can't remember. And then a couple of the private ones, ba- basically just trying to get a good mix of lower cost options. Like UMass Lowell was going to be probably half of what, um, where I went, MGH ended up being just because it's a, you know, public university versus, versus private. Um, and then, you know, from there I got into three different schools. They were, they were all pretty similar price point wise and, um, just went with the one that I felt the most, the most comfortable at went, went for that shadow day, met some of the staff, met some of the students, sat in a couple of classes. Um, and that really confirmed it for him. I was like, yep, MGH is the place, the cool people. And, uh, yeah, went with it. Yeah, good location too. I actually like where it's at in Boston. We're like looking over the bay, like go out right. there. All it's the not bad. Like, yeah, and you have to walk between. Uh, they they have kind of two buildings down in that Navy Yard area. So you you know, if you have a class in in different buildings, at least you get a ten minute walk and you can see some boats, see the see the water, see the sunset, yeah. something like that. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I like it out there. Every time I go out, every time I've been lucky. Every time I go to MGH, the weather's like perfect. So I just like sit out there. It's never like hot and muggy or anything, like or humid. It's like just like perfect. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna go a little early and just hang out. <laughs> so. I know. It, there's nothing better. Grab a bench down there and just do whatever you need to. Yeah. Yeah. So you brought up the finances, like going into school. Um, like you said, MGH, a little bit more expensive than, than Lowell. I mean, what, 
when you made that decision, was finances like high on your mind on that? Or was it just like, well, look, I know that this is a deal. So I looked into it, but you know, where was it in your mind in terms of like importance at that time? Uh, for me, really finance, it came down to finances because all the, pretty much all the schools in the Boston area are good. Um, uh, they're reputable. They're all licensed They're you know, you really can't go wrong going any to any of those. Um, and then I didn't end up getting into UMass Lowell. Um, it's, just, it's a tough school to get into graduate wise because they have a lot of undergrads they feed into. So that's definitely something to consider, um, when you're, when you're thinking about undergrad schools as well. But, um, yeah, when it came down to it, I was very lucky. I didn't have any undergraduate loans. Um, so I, I, I had a fresh slate. I had a little bit of money saved up cause I worked for a year. Um, and I knew I was going to have to pay for it. I was gonna have to take out some loans and do it that way. So I just really wanted to take out as little as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So you went through school once you graduated, how much was the, uh, the final tab in terms of student loans? I don't remember the exact number. I think it was around 121,000, mm-hmm. um, when, when it was all said and done, it was right around there. Yeah. So, and just to let people know. I believe, if I recall correctly, you stayed in Massachusetts, correctly, in the Boston area? Yep. Yeah. And I, I lived at home. So I, I did commute to and from. I had to pay for parking in the city and all that stuff. But I did have the uh, benefit of, you know, living at home. I had mom doing laundry and yeah, uh, a nice the, home-cooked meal. So you got to capitalize on that when you can. Yeah. The old uh, the old roommates, right? So yeah, the That's big it. thing there, though, and if you don't mind me asking, if you recall, because I actually think I remember it. Um, do you remember what your starting income was? Yeah, it was. I don't remember exactly. I think it was around like 55,000 or something like that. Yeah, it was like 55 to 60,000 in that range. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah, exactly. The reason why I bring that up is because, like you said, um, you had $120,000 in debt and you ended up paying that off. I'm not, I won't blow the whole story, but, uh, you end up paying that off and $60,000. That's, that's a two to one ratio, like graduating with two times the amount of debt as your income. Okay. And if you're in the Boston area, this is just something to know if you're thinking about going to the Boston area, traditionally you would, you wouldn't think about this. You would think Boston would be one of like, it's a huge city. It's one of the best paying places. It's actually not. It's actually one of the worst paying places for PTs in the country. That's why it's like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of you listening to this podcast, you might be listening to like fifty-five, $60,000, $62,000, whatever it is, and be like, wow, like that's so low. That's Boston. I mean, it's not more than that. So yeah, it's just, it, and it's just so competitive. That's really what it comes down to. Like you have so many good hospitals, you have so many good medical schools and PT schools, and you have this pool, huge pool of, of, potential employees so a lot of these companies are just like all right well we'll set the bar low and then someone will take it and they'll probably be good and you're just kind of left in the pool it's tough yep yep exactly so i I was shocked because like i said my wife went to bu and she left to go to the west coast and one of the reasons was like i just i'm not getting any pay here plus she didn't want to live in snow anymore she grew up in boston so she's like i want to get out of the snow but um, but yeah, I was shocked when I went out there and I'm like, what, wait, what's the pay? Like, holy cow. So, um, so something to think about if you're in the Boston area or you're in school out there, like, you know, that's gotta be part of your game plan. Okay. So with that being said, you graduate, you know, think, you know, think back, I know it was 
you know, five years ago. So think back, you know, five years ago, like what were you looking out to do from like a financial standpoint, paying off your loans, you know, business wise, um, you know, family wise, all that type of stuff. Like what, when you graduated, did you see yourself doing in like the two to five year range post-graduation? So I had, I had a longer term goal of like having my own practice clinic, that sort of thing, sort of traditional PT. Um, but my five coming out of school, the five-year plan was get a job at one of the, you know, one of the hospitals in, in the city, um, work in their outpatient department. I was thinking potentially about doing student loan forgiveness. So that was in the back of my mind. Um, as far as when I was interviewing at, at different hospitals and, and different jobs, um, but really it was, I, I want to find a clinic where I don't have to just sit and churn patients like every 15 minutes, see somebody. Um, and I wanted a place where I had some good mentorship. Like they had a good mix on their staff. It wasn't just all like new PTs that were a couple years out of school, you know, fresh out of it. Like I was, um, and I found a clinic that was in one of the hospitals, uh, in around the country or, uh, around the city. It had, you know, a couple of PTs who had worked like 15 years, uh, had a couple that were like in that five to 10 range and then a couple of new grads. So it was a nice mix of experience level and that sort of thing. Um, and then as far as pay goes, I didn't really think about it too, too much because it's, there's a lot of parody. It, and like we just mentioned, it, it, the pay is not great in the Boston area anyways. Um, so I really was going for the mentorship experience, keeping that little like, uh, thought in the parking lot of student loan forgiveness. And then uh, I had a long-term girlfriend. So I knew like the, the clock's ticking here. I put things off for three years as far as proposing and doing that sort of thing that's on the, on the horizon. So um, that clock, that, that, that countdown started after graduation. So that was definitely in the, in the front of my mind. Yeah. Did you pull the whole, I can't get married till I'm done with my uh, degree? That was it. I was like, I, you know, I got these loans coming in. I have no income. I got to wait. I got to get the degree, get a job. And then, then we'll figure it out. Yeah. That bit me in the ass too. I told my, my wife when we were dating, I wouldn't get married until I was done with the CFA exams. Um, and on the third year, after I took the third one, you don't get the results for like six months and then they email it to you. And I woke up and looked at the email. It was like six o'clock in the morning, went back and laid in bed. And she's like, did you pass? I was like, yeah. She's like, good, we can get married. I was like, oh shit, you remembered. <laughs> oh yeah, she had that day marked on her calendar, I'm sure. <laughs> so, and before I knew it, within like an hour, we had a location. We had, <laughs> it was yeah, like, yeah. wow, oh, yeah. we've been doing some planning. So good stuff, right. good stuff, good stuff. As you mentioned, you said that uh, the other thing about some of the places in Boston, though, too, is a lot of them are nonprofits, too. So you can qualify for like public service mm-hmm. forgiveness, you can go regular loan forgiveness, all these different things. You chose to pay off your loans and pay them off aggressively. Um, just talk about a little bit about your reasoning behind that. Like how you said, like, look, I, I want to come to this decision of paying off my loans. I want to do it aggressively. I'm going to budget X, Y, Z way. How did you come about all that? And how did you do it? So that's where you came in big time as far as deciding um, here, because I was, I, my money mindset is uh, like, I, I'm the son of two accountants. Both my parents are CPAs they're public accountants. They always ingrained in me, you know, you don't spend money you don't have, or at least you haven't planned for, um, you know, if you're going to borrow money, you've got to pay it back. And 
it it just wasn't appealing for me. It, it made me, I don't know, it didn't make me feel bad, but it's something didn't sit right with me that I was going to borrow a hundred thousand dollars and just like maybe pay 50 K back and like peace, be, be good with my life. I was like, yeah. I get, you know, I, someone, you know, the federal government gave me money to spend on, on my education. I did, I have a job, I have skills, I got to pay it back. Um, so then it was a decision of like, what the hell do I do now? Um, like, do I go income driven plan? Do I, do I just, you know, suck it up and pay a huge loan payment right now and pay it off quicker? Um, you know, and that's where the meetings with you really helped. Cause we sat down talked through, you know, my income, my expenses, like timeline. Are we talking a 15 year timeline, a 20 year timeline shorter than that? Um, and, and we put that plan together. And I think once I had made that decision that like, yeah, I'm going to pay these loans off. I think at that point, interest rates have started to come down. So I think we made, I've refinanced like five or six times, but uh, <laughs> I think at that point, we decided like, well, if you're going to pay them off, like you're not going to go the, the um, forgiveness route, like let's refinance these things, get that interest rate as low as we can and, and just aggressively, uh, aggressively pay. So that became the strategy from, from that point on. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, that's one of the biggest misconceptions that we deal with is people think they can refinance and only do it one time. You know, like Tim, I mean, he refinanced a bunch of times. You could just keep going as long as the interest rates keep dropping and, you know, if you guys listen to this, you're probably going to be getting an email from us soon about, you know, the Fed's raising rates, which means refinance rates are going to be going up. So if you haven't already done it and you're, you're waiting, don't wait. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Tim, you'll probably get that email, too, even though you're, <laughs> you've already paid off your loans. Uh, so good. good stuff. Good stuff. Um, and that's where it just like the worst thing that can happen there, right, is they just send you a rate that you're not happy with. And you're like, oh, well, yeah. I tried. Yeah, it right. doesn't cost you anything to check. You might as well look, right? And yeah. say, okay, does that work for me or not? So, yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Um, you know, about five minutes of your time can save a lot of money. So, good stuff. So, yeah, you graduated to 120 grand, paid off your loans, graduated five years ago. Your loans are paid off already. You know, talk a little bit about that journey over the last five years. Like, once you made a decision, yes, I'm paying this off. Like you mentioned, you're living at your parents' house, all that type of stuff. You know, was there anything else that you did to really say, hey, look, this is how much I'm paying, how much I can afford, like any tips or tricks to share with anybody? Yeah, so I had a couple, uh, my wife and I had a couple things we did. And then um, really, it really came down to a light, like our life design. We did, I have a, oh, excuse me, a sheet that I do quarterly with just like, you know, goals for the next three months, year, um, three years, 10 years, that sort of thing. And did it, sat down, did it with the wife. And we knew we were going to be moving out. We were both at home, at, living at home at the time. We knew we were both going to move out by the fall. So we had maybe eight months, um, 10 months before we had uh, a mortgage payment. We had a condo that we were waiting on being built. Um, so we, that planning session was huge because we would just update quarterly. How are we doing on this? Um, she had paid off her, her loans. She was a, she's a CPA as well. So I'm surrounded by accountants, <laughs> which is a good thing and a bad thing. Um, but she, so she had no, no debt. Um, and we basically were in agreement, like, all right, our goal is just to pay this down, like as quickly as we can. So, um, my family was on board with that too. They were like, yeah, you, like, 
just pay down your highest interest debt first and then move on from there and, and go forward. So everyone was on the same page there. And I think the support system was huge because they all you know, supported my, my goal as far as that goes. They weren't like asking me to do outrageous things or go on trips they knew I couldn't afford or go out to dinner every week or something, you know, something like that. Um, so, th- so that was big planning and just talking to the family and, and the support system. My wife and I also had a had a setup where she makes more than more than I do because you know she's been in in public accounting longer. It pays better than than PT does, and um, and that sort of thing. So, anytime she was getting like a year, usually it's a yearly bonus uh, in in their company. We'd take a portion of that and put it just lump sum payment, extra payment on the loans. Um, so, you know, that happened five times where she got that bonus in like October, November. And it was like, okay, well, what do we have to pay for? Nothing. Okay. It can all go to loans or maybe we had something pop up. Okay. I can throw a thousand bucks at the loans. Um, and just prepaying when, when that cash was available, um, on top of prepaying monthly, I would, I would put aside off my paycheck an extra 200 bucks a month just to pay down on top of my, um, my normal payment, um, Cause I had the wiggle room in my budget and um, you know, that the number one goal was just pay it down. Yeah. Um, so that, that was huge. Her helping me out there. And then we had a similar thing with like our mortgage payment, right? So we have um, we've got a mortgage on the condo some months where uh, like our expenses were really low. Like she would pay a little bit more of that than I, than I would. And with the understanding I was using the, the extra cash that I wasn't putting into the mortgage pile, um, on the loans. So it was really all, all extra cash was going towards the loans and everyone, everyone knew that. Um, probably two, two other things that really helped was, uh, like my friends knew I I've got one night out a month, like whether that's, we're going out to dinner, we're going out to comedy show, whatever. I'm not going out to dinner, like every single weekend, I'm not going out, you know, Friday and Saturday night to the bar. Cause I just, that's, that's not happening. That's, yep. that's delaying me paying off my loans. Right. So, um, and they were cool with that. They, they knew like, you know, if a couple of months ago, actually we went to a comedy show that was a more expensive night than anticipated. So the next month we just didn't like, we didn't go out to dinner that next month. So we had those boundaries and we, we stuck to them. Um, uh, so that was huge. And then the final thing was I, I was not bashful about like, birthdays, Christmas, when people were asking me like, what do you want? What do you need? Like, I have everything I need, right? I have clothes. I have a computer. I have like, I have the things I need to survive. So I would just tell my family, like, literally, I just want cash. Yeah. Like if you, if you were going to give me a $200 gift, just write a check and help me pay my loans down. Cause like that's, I really don't care about anything else. That's, that's my goal right now. So there were a couple of Christmases where I just got a couple of checks and it was just, oh, boom lump sum payment. Let's, let's put it on the loan. So I think some people are scared to do that. Like I know for our wedding, we joked, we're like, do we just say greenbacks only on the, uh, on the invites and just like, we did. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's like, I don't want some shitty or some crappy, uh, like, you know, ceramic pot that I have four of, like I want some cash to help me out on whatever mortgage loans. Um, so that was the big thing. So it was really the, the planning, um, it was the boundaries that we set with, with ourselves and with our friends. And then just, you know, not, not being ashamed of like, Hey, I'm in loan payment mode. This is, this is what I'm doing. Um, 
you know, you can support it or, or not, but that's, that's where my head's at. Yeah, absolutely. And there's one big thing in there because a lot of people listening to podcasts like this one or other ones that we do or whatnot, you know, oftentimes we'll hear them say, well, that's that person's situation. That's why they were able to do that. And I can't do it. And they always tell people that's kind of making an excuse for yourself because everybody's situation is different. And there's always a different way to do it. Some might pay it off in three years. Some might pay it off in eight years. Some might go on loan forgiveness, whatever it is, there's still a way to do it. But one of the big things that you said, and this is, this is key for anybody. And this doesn't have to do with student loans. It could be saving for retirement, paying off your mortgage, saving for a car, whatever it is. It's the support system. I mean, if you're, you're trying to go out at this either A, by yourself, or B, you have financial goals and everybody else around you has different goals than you do, and you don't have anybody else to lean on that that's going to keep you going in that direction, you know, it's like the old saying goes, you are who you hang out with. And I mean, if you're around a bunch of people that don't have discipline to pay off their debt or discipline to save, you're not going to do it either. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, and so that supporting system. So that's what I always encourage people get at least one person that's going to be up in you about, no, you, you got to do this because I'm doing this. And that's where we've seen the most success, even on loan forgiveness stuff. Like people that are like, well, no, instead I'm going to save money. A lot of people that don't have the support system, instead of saving money, they go and blow it versus other people that we talk to that have that support system. They end up saving a ton of money. It's like, that's what you should be doing. So again, that support system is, is huge. So the good news is that your debt's paid off. Um, yeah. Now, like you said, you have the mortgage now and everything. Um, before we jumped on the podcast, you also mentioned that, you know, you start your own business now and everything. Where where you at? Like, where's the business? What's the business? What's your next goals? What's coming down the pipe? Yeah. So right now it's the business is launched. It's a online, primarily online physical therapy and, uh, you know, performance strength training company. So I, I work with golfers. If they're in state in mass here, I do physical therapy, um, services primarily online, but I do see a couple people, uh, out of a gym in just outside of Boston. And the goal there is just get in the golf community in Matt in Massachusetts specifically, but across the country and just help, help these people. Cause we, we were talking before the, before the pod about golf too. And a, a lot of people get injured playing golf or they have sore backs or, you know, they're sitting at their desk all week and then they want to play golf all weekend. And those things don't, don't work very well together. <laughs> so that's the mission right now is help, help golfers play more golf, have less pain, um, win more money off their friends and that sort of thing. Um, so we're just in growth mode. I'm just marketing, 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 jumping on sales calls, just trying to, trying to grow the business. And, um, yeah, we've got the, we've got the newborn. So the, the goal is, you know, keep him alive and, uh, thriving and doing well <laughs> and what, by any means necessary and, and go forward from there. So we'll, we'll probably have a house in the near future. Um, we're kind of watching the market because the market's just so, so nuts everywhere. Yeah. But uh, I feel like, especially around here, it's just like, oh my God, how, how can anyone compete in this, in this real estate market? So, yeah. um, we're, we're looking at that, but it's like, eh, we're in a, we're in a place right now where we're comfortable. We've got everything we need. We got the space we need. So, um, that's on like the two year, two year plan coming forward. Perfect. 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 Yeah. The, um, and two questions on that, on the business side of things, because this is what I talk to students about and new grads about a lot. Think back to when you graduated versus now. 
do you think, hey, I, I, I could have gone out and started this business as soon as I graduated? Do you think that would have been a good idea? Probably not. I Could I have done it? I think so. But it would have been a lot messier, a lot slower. Um, probably wouldn't have been the best idea, but you could have. Yeah. So then the second question becomes, could you imagine having started it with $120,000 in student loan debt instead of being debt free? No. Definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. And it, it, and it took a while. I, I did start it while I was still at my other job. Right. And then, and it really COVID was what kind of solidified it for me was that I had a couple of clients that uh, when we couldn't see people in person and either their insurance lapsed or like something happened. And I was like, Hey, listen, here's the deal. Here's the rate you pay me. Um, like I'll meet you at your house or at the gym and we'll do this on our own. And I realized that was viable and could make some money doing it. And once it got to a point where I was making enough that um, it covered basically the, the income at the old place, I could, I could jump ship, but it took, it took some time to get confident enough to do that to um, and to realize that it was possible, you know? Yeah. And the reason why I, I bring those up, this, those are two specific points. Because again, we, we talk to a lot of new grads. And by all means, I wish everybody would start their own business and be self-employed and be financially independent and all that type of stuff. I also realize that that's not for everybody, right? But we have a lot of young kids that want to do it. And, you know, what I always say to them is like, you know, your stuff is in PT. But when you become a business owner, you're not a PT anymore. You're a business owner. And so if, if you're trying to graduate, because this is the only thing I hear from new grads all the time. Like I just graduated and I don't feel confident in what I'm doing. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. so you need experience. If you're trying to get experience and at the same time launching a business, your focus starts to get spread out. And one of them or both of them is going to suffer because you're not focusing on it. So oftentimes it's like, look, you just went to school to become a PT, be a PT for a few years and really get down your, your quote unquote craft so if, if you're going to go start your own business, you don't even have to think about that PT side anymore. Now it's just the business side that you're trying to learn. And while you're a PT, like what you did, you can start learning the business side and you can afford to make some of the mistakes. Whereas if you just come out of school, you can't really afford to make those mistakes. And like you said, it takes time to build up too, right? So that's the other totally. thing. Yeah. And then when it comes to the loans, yeah. go ahead. No, and it's just uh, when you have that confidence, you speak to people differently too, right? So when you're pitching your your program and what you do to people, you know, hey, I've gotten you know all these people better. I know exactly what I'm doing. We're going to find a plan for you. And they're like, oh, yeah, versus, you know, if you're a new grad, you're not that confident. You're like, well, it'll probably take, you know, six weeks and then it might do, we might do this, we might do that. You, you lose people. So the confidence yep. is huge. Absolutely. And then on the debt side of it, Again, you, you, what people don't understand is when you go to school and you get student loan debt, school is not training you to become an entrepreneur. School is training you to do a nine to five job for somebody else. Like they're training you to be a PT at a clinic is what they're doing or a PT mm-hmm. at a hospital based clinic or whatever it is. That's what they're training you for. So when you take student loans, that is what you're supposed to be doing to pay them back because that's what you went to school for. So if all of a sudden you're going to start a business instead, you can't think of those as student loans anymore. They're basically a business loan. 
And so it's like, now you got to come to the forefront and say, well, do I want to start a business with debt or not? Is that a smart way for me to do this? And we see both sides. We see people say, absolutely not. Like, I, I don't want debt when I start a business. And we see some people that are like, well, no, I'm going to go on an income journey payment plan. And if my business knocks it out, fantastic. I'll pay it off later. If, if, if everything else fails, whatever, I don't have to pay it. And they're willing to take that risk. You know, then unfortunately, we pay people that go with that mentality. And not only do they have student loan debt, but now they also have 30 or 40 grand in credit card debt because they just they, they can't afford anything and they just keep putting stuff on credit cards and rack it up. So, again, there's no right or wrong answer on that when you're listening to this podcast is think about that and where you want to be at, um, you know, and how much risk you want to take and all that stuff. So. It's good to hear from someone that has done it because I, I tend to lean toward more in the camp of, you know, be an a- expert at what you do. So that way you don't have to think about it. So that way you can go focus on the business stuff. Uh, like a lot of people ask me all the time on the financial side of things, like, you know, you must really think about the financial side of stuff on the business. Like, no, I can rattle this stuff off the top of my head. Like I, I don't need to think about it. Um, you know, I can focus on the business exactly. aspect of everything. So so it's good to see that that you're doing that. Um, before we leave, before we end the podcast, any last words of advice, encouragement, anything that to share with, with uh, the listeners? Yeah, I think just, I think, uh, I don't know, I've sensed a little negativity in the PT world just as a whole, as far as there are a lot of people now who's like throwing stones at the healthcare model and or the healthcare system and changing big things. Remember why you went to, PT school, right? Almost everyone, I can confidently say everyone I've talked to has gotten into it to help people. And that's just when you're feeling tired in school and studying late hours and taking tests or on clinical rotations, or if you just started and you're feeling, you know, like you're getting just work to the grind, just remind yourself of of that why you're in your mission, right? There's probably a story similar to mine where maybe you were on the patient side of things and got great care and want to want to deliver that same great care to other people maybe if it's some other reason but just when you're when you're feeling that stress and and like i don't know if this is the right thing i I have so much debt i'm not making as much as i thought i would take a deep breath remember your why hone those skills and you know just trust the process it's it's a process for a reason nothing good comes quickly yep i completely agree and I don't know. Like I said, you came to the workshop. That's one of the first things that I leave with most of the time with, in our workshops. You know, you didn't, you didn't go to school to go get student loan debt. You couldn't, get, couldn't wait to get student loan debt. You went there to go help people. And that's, that's what the focus is on. And, and of course, you know, like you said, a lot of people complain about like the income. I mean, we all complain about income, right? We all want more money. We all want different things. Like, you know, it is what it is. But if you're allowing the finances to control your job, then it's like, then you're probably in the, in the wrong job. Like that's, traditionally what I say, and like you said, I see a lot of the negativity too. So that's, that's basically, you know, a really good thing to point out is, you know, focus on why you're there on the patient and whatnot. And like you did make sure you sit down, set up those goals. I like the three months goals and, you know, really getting after it and focus on things one by one and go from there. So Tim, it's always good. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, And as always, if you guys need help, Uh, let us know. Just build your profile, schedule a call, and we'll be talking to everybody soon.